You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, your weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. I'm Steph, and you are listening to Curses 101 and Curse Breaking. I mentioned this earlier in the month that I get a lot of questions on, are my haunted? Is there a spirit? And alternatively, am I cursed? And how can I tell if I am cursed and how do I break a curse? So like I mentioned in that episode, I am going to go ahead and tackle the curse side of things today. So that is going to be curse signs, curse breaking, and simple curses, curses 101. So let's dive right in. So the first thing I always want to say and just make sure that you are aware of at the outset is that curses are very uncommon. Obviously, they're going to be more common if you yourself practice baneful magic and um, have, you know, baneful witches in your life have just attract more negativity to you. But in general, they still are incredibly uncommon. They take a lot of energy and effort. Um, so for there to be a long-term effective curse on you is probably very unlikely because nobody cares that much about you, to be honest, um, to put all that effort in and to keep it going. So it's a popular theory that when everything goes wrong and you're just having the worst luck that it's a curse or some kind of curse on you, but it's really rare. And sometimes that's just life. Life is a balance between the good and the bad. So if you had a lot of ups and you got some, you know, raises at work and your love life is steady, like somewhere else has to give and you're going to have some bad days in there. That is just the balance of the universe. Life just goes wrong sometimes through no fault of your own. And no matter what kind of, you know, healing and positivity spells that we do, sometimes life just goes wrong. We like to assume that it's curses because we all like easy fixes. So by assuming it's a curse, then we like having someone to blame and some way to fix it. But the truth is we often cause our own problems. So when we are having those bad days and that bad luck and it seems to be spiraling, sometimes we are the cause of that and nobody else is sending those issues to us or making our days worse. We tend to spiral out of control and cause our own problems. So I wanted to say that from the outset and make sure that everybody's on the same page that curses are generally uncommon and you are rarely going to find that you have been cursed. So now that that is out of the way, let's talk about what some signs and symptoms of curses are. And the reason this goes together with the am I haunted, am I cursed is because the signs and symptoms tend to be very similar. So signs you're cursed, nightmares. Fatigue, mental fog, pain, constant sickness, losing things, broken protections, like you have protections on yourself, on your house, and your pets if those are broken, plants dying for no reason, pets acting strange, fighting a lot with people you're close with, people ignoring you, or having miscommunication with people, everything going wrong every day, and then, of course, physical evidence on your property. So physical evidence of a curse on your property, like broken glass that looks like it was a spell bottle that contained something, um, nails on your property, black salt. Like Those are pretty obvious signs of a curse. But short of that, a lot of the other things on that list are similar to spirit 
hauntings and the, the signs and symptoms that were on there. So that is why they are often confused. So again, all those things on that list, minus the physical evidence, are all things that can have very mundane causes. You might be bickering with people or having miscommunication, but it might not be a curse. It might be mercury retrograde. We've talked about that too. So there could be a lot of different reasons for these things. So don't always jump to spirit hauntings. Don't always jump to curses. But still, you do need to know defensive magic. Defensive magic is just the tool set. So you are able to guard yourself and your loved ones and your home. Not that, you know, everybody is out to curse you and get you, but when you do work magic, there are things involved that you can't always control or predict because spells can go wrong. You may work with spirits who are not always honest. And of course, there are the factor of other people and witches who can be problematic. So the first thing I wanted to discuss is two sort of magical dangers that come up that aren't exactly curses. So those are psychic attacks and thought forms which is also why I did the episodes in the order that I did them in. I swear there's a method to my madness, but that is why I already talked about chaos magic and talked about servitors and thought forms. You would understand before we got to this episode. But first, psychic attack. So there are three main types of psychic attacks, and only one of them is intentional. So let's start with the two that are unintentional and therefore not as concerning. The first is the psychic influencer. So this type of psychic attack is usually unintentional because the influencer is unaware that they are the cause of your problems. So essentially this happens when the influencer wants something very badly and as a result, they manifest effects through you. So it's kind of like a form of mind control that they seem to be bombarding you with thoughts and feelings that are not your own in order to get you to act a certain way that you otherwise wouldn't. So that could be Somebody's trying to get you to love them. It's not a love spell. They just want and desire it so badly that it is coming across as a psychic attack on you. They may want your job or your social circle, any number of things. They are usually very emotional people, very insecure people, and they don't know how to create their own happiness. So as a result, they try to steal it from other people, you in particular. So signs of this attack look like sudden changes in your personality, acting out of accordance with your values and desires, or suddenly having thoughts and feelings that are out of character. Your sleep might also be affected by having nightmares or dreams of the influencer. So this one is actually pretty easy to get out of. All you need to do is take a strong cleansing bath. And again, if you are not a bath person, then cleansing shower ritual is fine too. Banish the offending thoughts and feelings that are out of accordance with your own, and then simply ward yourself and go about your life. The other type is the psychic vampire. And I think we all have experience with the psychic vampire. I know I do. Uh, I have mentioned on this podcast before that my sister-in-law is super toxic and it's not a secret. I am not the only one who thinks that. Pretty much the entire family knows it. Um, So definitely a psychic vampire there. So I know all about this one. And that is a person who drains the energy and life force for the people around them. They are usually energy deficient in some way. Usually some sort of traumatic experience that's draining their energy faster than they can replenish it. So they steal it from others. And this person makes you feel exhausted, ill, and depressed. Those people that, you know, Make you After you've hung out with them, you feel like you're getting sick. You feel like you need a nap. That's a psychic vampire. And again, 
dealing with the psychic vampire is relatively simple because it requires being in their presence. So, and you identify who that person is. If you think you can stay away from them, then simply avoid them entirely and the problem will go away. That's how I solve mine. If that's not an option for you, then cleanse yourself and then try using a protective spell or ward to block them from stealing your energy. And then the third type is the one that is intentional, and that is a witch attacking you. And someone who uses magic attacking you is exactly what it sounds like, which is some witch deciding to cast a spell against you. It could manifest itself as bad luck, unusual accidents, thoughts and feelings that aren't yours, patterns that repeat themselves throughout your life when they weren't present before, suddenly feeling like your life is cursed, or any other number of ways. And this is often accompanied by nightmares, sometimes directly of the person um, who is casting that spell against you. Now, telling this type of attack from that sort of psychic influencer attack is can be a little more difficult, but usually witches can feel it when magic is being used intentionally against them. It feels different. But to get rid of this kind of attack, again, you would need to start with a cleansing bath specifically to break spells. And then if it persists, cast a banishing spell and ward yourself. If you can figure out who it was, then binding that person from harming you would prevent them from recasting that spell against you. But I will get into specific curses in just a minute. But the other danger that I wanted to talk about is thought forms. So as I talked about in the chaos magic episode, we talked about servitors and they are not inherently dangerous. They're usually helpful and peaceful, especially when they are created with good intentions and properly cared for, but not all of them are created intentionally, like I mentioned poltergeists in that episode. And some are specifically created with malicious intent because they are a being that is created out of human thought that becomes separate from its original maker. And they can be both intentional and unintentional. So intentional thought forms are the ones that have been created by a witch for some purpose. We talked about the ways that they could protect your home or help you find a job, but occasionally they will be created with malicious intent. So they would follow, harass, or even harm their target psychically or by causing accidents. But they can be treated like a regular spirit, so you should be able to banish them, cleanse and ward yourself, and if you know who might have created it, then bind that witch so she can't harm you anymore. But there are also unintentional thought forms. So that is that psychic influencer on steroids. So the person is feeling something so strongly that that feeling becomes a separate entity unintentionally. And these are usually erratic, extreme, and uncontrolled because the maker is unlikely aware that they even made the servitor in the first place. So again, you are going to need to cleanse and ward yourself and bind the person who created the thought form. And because of their very out of control, aggressive nature, it's likely that you do know who created it because it's somebody that has a serious fixation on you and is inherently dangerous in the mundane world. So you must take protections there too, like a stalker, um, an abusive ex. It's usually a potentially physically dangerous person. So keep yourself safe on all levels. All right, with psychic attacks out of the way, let's talk specifically 
about curses and types of curses. So first up, quick curses and ones that you are probably familiar with. So first of all is spitting. Spitting is a curse and it's a pretty powerful form of cursing. You can work a lot of intent into one little action. So obviously spitting on somebody is the most you know direct form of cursing them, but that is actually illegal. That's assault and battery, so don't do it. So instead, the witch will more commonly spit in front of or behind the person they're trying to curse, or they spit on something of the person's that they're going to come in direct contact with, like a door, um, the car door, or a chair, a few different options to go with that. And that is one of the quickest curses that I think we are all familiar with. Something I think that most are familiar with also is the evil eye. This is also called melochia, being cursed, or eye biting. It's very common, and some version of this phenomenon is known in nearly every culture, and it even appears in the Bible. So usually the evil eye is an unintentional curse. It happens when a person who has the ability feels a strong negative emotion, typically envy or jealousy, but can also be anger. And this intense negative energy is projected onto the person they're feeling negatively about through the gaze, so just by staring at them. The symptoms of being cursed by the evil eye usually begin with a headache, and often the dull headache can follow the encounter where the evil eye occurred within 10 minutes. And then you are likely to experience fatigue, mental fogginess, or suddenly becoming clumsy, dropping things, or having minor accidents. And then repeated exposure to the evil eye from the same person can result in more severe headaches, migraines, chronic fatigue, and accidents that become more severe as time goes on. But getting rid of the evil eye is relatively simple. Again, cleansing bath is ideal, but other cleansing methods will work. You just need to remove the negative energy that was thrown at you. And because it was not intentional, it will be much less resistant to cleansing than an intentional attack would be. And then don't forget to take the time to replenish yourself with positive energy because the evil eye is so draining and it has such negative energy. When you cleanse that off, it's kind of like an empty shell. So you want to put positivity in there. And that could be playing music, um, eating food that you love, whatever makes you feel good and any form of you know self-love that you enjoy. And if this happens to you regularly, then using a protective spell or charm to prevent this in the future is always a good idea. A lot of people will use an amulet or talisman, and once it breaks or falls off, that means that it has done its work. It's intercepted the evil eye, so leave it where it falls. Don't pick it up and replace the you know charm immediately. Next on the list of quick curses are verbal curses. So these are also easy and effective, and they are there's many common sayings and phrases that are verbal curses. They usually come from cultures with a history of magic and witchcraft. So the Irish are particularly well known for this. So if you need more ideas, they are usually a good place to start. But these are some you know, examples. And if you need more, again, check out the Irish resources because they have so many. Uh, may you find the bees, but not the honey. May the cat eat you and may the devil eat the cat the crows curse on you, or may all your bacon burn. So those are quick verbal curses that will work in a pinch. 
you can also do the written version of this. So you write the ill intent on a slip of paper and stash it on or near the target. You can also make that into a sigil. So figuring out a curse sigil and then putting that, you know, on a dirty car window. Another popular one is to um, write the person's name on the bottom of your foot so that everywhere that you walk, you're stepping on them. But with any one of those methods, you just need to be very clear about the person that you want it to affect. Because remember, they likely also have a lot of other people in their life, so you only want it to affect them and not, you know, their spouse or their child or their dog. So if you feel like any of these quick, you know, verbal or written curses happened to you, then the best method to get rid of that is a hex-breaking bath. There are also long-form curses. And I think that's what most people think of when they think of cursing. And it just takes more time because it's like thought out and planned and you know requires you to find all the materials. It really is like any other form of spell casting. There's just as many ways to cast a curse as there are to cast a spell. So it can be as ritualized as you want it to or not. Um, but you would use words, herbs, crystals, actions, whatever you need to assist you in directing your intention. And I also wanted to mention object-bound curses as a form of these longer curses um, because these are curses that are not directed at a particular person. They're attached to an object and follows that object around. So it affects whoever comes into contact with it and therefore often gets confused with a spirit haunting an object. Object-bound curses are usually unintentional. It's just that these items managed to have some extreme emotion or traumatic event attached to it, and it carries that energy with it. So that negativity leaches out onto anybody who picks it up or uses it. So these, again, are like the spirit-haunted items usually found in secondhand stores. So if you are not familiar with breaking curses, I recommend just leaving it there. If you pick it up and it feels like it's got that negative energy, just, just leave it. It's not worth it. And in general, I don't recommend cursing objects, it it might seem like it's convenient because you curse the object and then you give it to the person that you want to curse. So therefore, you know, the curse is effective and they come into direct contact with it. But there's so many other people that might handle that. Um, One day, you know, if you give it to somebody who lives in a household with other people, then maybe their brother or sister is going to pick it up. You don't want that to happen. And the curse could stay with that object for a while. So again, they could get rid of it and then it's sitting in a thrift shop and somebody else picks it up. So objects tend to change hands a lot. So I don't recommend cursing objects to try to get to your target because I think that there's just no, no telling who you might end up cursing in the long run. All right, curse breaking, the steps of curse breaking. So I mentioned already some quick ways, cleansing baths, general wardings and things to help protect yourself, but let's go through the steps of how to break a curse. I know that it seems at first glance like it might be something that is tricky, but it's curses are just like any other form of magic. So they're just spells and spells can be dismantled. So step one is always full evaluation knowing for certain you've been cursed, what makes you suspect that you might have a curse on you, do you know who did it? Um, the more information you can gather, the better. And also figure out what kind of effects, what kind of effects the curse is having. Um, is it 
only you? Are others experiencing the effects? Just ask all of these questions to find out as much information as you can because that will help you determine the best plan of action when you are trying to break it. So step two is spell reflecting. So this is something that I always do first because it's really simple and in my opinion and experience, um, if you have been cursed, like a lot of people don't want to undertake cursing, but that doesn't mean that they themselves will never get cursed, but they don't like to perpetuate that negative cycle and create new negative energy and send that out into the world. So instead, reflecting is a method of sending the magic back to the original caster. So you are curse-free. It just sends their own energy that they sent out directly back to them, which in my opinion is karma and exactly fair. Unfortunately, it doesn't work on every curse because if you are dealing with someone who is an experienced spellcaster, they probably have safeguards in place to prevent the magic from rebounding on them. So I would start with reflecting spells. Um, There are a few online. They're usually pretty simple, so I will link some if I can find them. Um, And then evaluate that in a few days to determine whether or not it worked or whether you need to try something else. So the next step is any one of the simple curse-breaking spells. There are any number that you can do, and you can try more than one of these at a time um, to see if it will lift the curse relatively easily. So the first is to make a dolly of yourself because then you are um, giving that curse someplace else to go. So it goes to the dolly instead of you. You're just going to want to um, make it out of natural materials that can be returned to the earth and then let a source of water carry it away. So that would be um, just a river, lake, ocean, whatever that you can find uh, and throw that dolly in so the water carries it away. Again, you can try the cleansing baths. That's just Epsom salt and herbs that break curses like bay leaves, fennel, jasmine, and nettles. You can also cleanse your house with those same herbs, any blend of those. You can use selenite to cleanse your energy and that will break the hold that the curse has on you. Lots of different ways, like simple ways that you can try. So you always start there. If these simple methods don't work, then you just need to try brute force. (laughs) So there, again, are many spells out there um, that are a little more forceful to help you break a curse. So you should pick whichever, you know, works for you or tailor spell to most closely fit what you figured out about the curse in step one. So one in particular popular, particularly popular one um, that I've seen all over the place is using clay. So you need air drying clay, water uh, charged with sun energy, usually that's like noontime, uh, a slip of paper and a pen, bay leaf, black candle, fire safe container as always, a tool for carving in the clay, and a hammer. This spell should be performed at night and is most effective if it's during a new or waning moon. Cleanse yourself in your workspace thoroughly and then anoint yourself with that solar water. Light the candle and then write down on your slip of paper all of the effects that the curse has had on you. Be as thorough and specific as you can. When you have everything written down, fold the bay leaf into the paper, set it on fire, and allow it to burn completely to ashes in your fire safe container. 
When the ashes are finished smoldering, set them aside. Take a small portion of clay, enough to create a little talisman that'll be easy to carry, but not so small that you can't inscribe on it. And anoint that with a drop of the solar water. Mix the ashes into the clay thoroughly. Roll it into a ball and flatten it into a disc. On one side, inscribe the words, no more be fouled, again unbound, again unbidden. And then on the other side, inscribe a symbol to represent the curse. So that can be a sigil or just a simple doodle, whatever you like. Close your ritual space, blow out the candle, and let the talisman dry. Once it's completely dry, take it outside early one morning and allow it to sit in the sun until noon. The talisman is now finished, so carry it with you everywhere you go, and it will absorb the energy from the curse and prevent it from affecting you. On the next new moon, take the talisman and smash it with a hammer, rendering the curse that it absorbed useless and broken, and then dispose of the shards outside of your home. So after that is all done, whichever one of those curse methods that you have chosen, be sure to do all of the necessary magical housekeeping. So that is cleansing yourself, cleansing your home, cleansing anyone else who has been affected by the curse, setting up your wards, your protective enchantments around yourself in your home, um, particularly to block future curses. If you know who it was that cursed you, obviously cut ties. And remember to regularly update and refresh these protections as long as you are in a situation that may incite another curse. Another interesting thing to note that I wanted to end with is what if you can't break the curse? Like you've tried all of these things and it seems like it's not going away. It's usually due to one of two reasons. And the first is that you were never cursed in the first place. So that comes from just not evaluating the situation properly because you were too emotional um, and you just assumed that you were cursed. But in reality, it's just life kicking you a little harder than usual. And that just happens sometimes. And the second reason that it seems like you can't break the curse is because you cursed yourself. So it's less likely, but not unheard of. And like I said, when the bad things start happening, people jump to conclusions. They assume they've been cursed, but they spend all this time like worrying and freaking out. And that energy ends up building and building. And then they curse themselves with all of that negative energy. So easier said than done, but you have to just relax. And as soon as you stop focusing all of your attention on this idea of a curse, then it will go away. But occasionally there are some and you might you know, still be cursed, have tried all of these things, then it's okay to seek out another magical practitioner that can help you with that so that is a little more experienced. Um, they are out there and they can consult with you to help you further if you are still struggling. So that is everything that I have for curses, curses 101, curse breaking. Um, let me know if you have any questions. I know I covered a lot in one episode, but I really wanted to get all of the basics in there, both like, you know, types of curses and the information on how to break them. So if you have any further questions, absolutely let me know. Reach out um, on Instagram, which Wednesday's podcast, email me anytime. Um, show notes are always over at whichwednesdays.com and on Patreon. And you can always check in to the free Discord server. I always have that linked everywhere. Um, so free to join, totally anonymous. And you can ask all of your 
questions about curses in there too and get the opinions of witches from all over the world. That is everything that I have for you this week. I will see you next week. Need even more? Subscribe to Patreon and YouTube for exclusive bonus content. Order a themed witchcraft box every month through Witch Wednesdays on Etsy. Be sure to follow on Instagram at Witch Wednesdays Podcast. Find all these links and more at witchwednesdays.com.